Hello and welcome to week three of the Punt Return Podcast. We're in week three of the NFL season. We're also on the uh, the finale of The Bachelor tonight as well, just quietly. Um, a big event here in Australia. Um, I'm not sure if Nick and James, my co-hosts, are, are across The Bachelor, but uh, I know they're across the NFL. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, going well, mate. It's uh, much more across the NFL than The Bachelor. That's That's all I can say. Okay, fair enough. James? Yeah, good, Josh. I think there was a, a Jake Bachelor for Richmond. That's as bad as far as I okay. can go. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's digress into the NFL, and we're not even a quarter of the way through the season. We're already without Andrew Luck, who retired, Ben Roethlisberger, who's on IR with an elbow injury, Drew Brees will be out for six to ten weeks. Um, six is very optimistic with a hand injury, couldn't even grip a football. Nick Foles is out with a broken collarbone. Sam Darnold has mono, and now Trevor Simeon. Um, the Jets are officially folked. Um, Cam Newton as well is probably out for week three. It's looking likely, according to Roto World, about uh, 20, 30 minutes ago. Um, and Eli Manning has been benched. So um, pretty pretty big uh, sort of spreads and lines in week three. Um, we'll touch on some specific results in a little bit. But I just want to mention, uh, we mentioned last week, iTunes reviews, and we got our first couple of reviews. Uh, Nick, uh, who was the what, who was the guy that you were talking about before? I can't remember his name. We'll give him a shout out. I can't remember either. Let me, <laughs> let me roll back. Let me roll back. <laughs> Put me on the spot here, mate. Yeah, all good. Uh, I think it was Jed. Jed? Jed. That's it. Yeah, it was Jed. Yeah, Jed left us a really good review. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate it. And we're going to take some of his advice on board. So we'll start uh, cataloging our best bets to give you our... Uh, Season totals, win-loss records throughout the year. So if you head to Stats Insider, leave a uh, five-star review or don't, you know, whatever you feel is just, um, that would be great and it helps us get better and makes the show better each and every week. But let's let's look back here uh, to week two results and we're on the board. Our lock of the week, uh, Dallas minus four and a half saluted. Uh, looked in doubt a little bit, but uh, the second half very strong from the Cowboys. Really strong. It's They've been, they've been very impressive uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, somewhat disappointingly for me, but uh, oh, they were great for us last week. Yeah, definitely. And Nick, uh, long shot. You're two and zero now on your long shots. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to keep this up. This is uh, this is putting some added pressure on me that I wasn't expecting this early in the season. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep it going as long as possible. Yeah, a line and total double saluted. Bills minus one and a half, under forty three and a half, three seventy five. You could have got um out there at the market price there. Outstanding. Um, I didn't go too well on my long shot. Kittle, just about the only 49er to not hit 100 yards um, as the 49ers uh, just destroyed the Bengals. Uh, James, how were your bets uh, in week two? Yeah, it was, again, from a futures perspective, Dallas keep winning. Um, yep. Baltimore keep winning. Tennessee didn't win, unfortunately, so that's uh, still in flux a little bit. But it's not as though Houston have taken that by the – the horns. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it was a pretty good result. So the, the best bets and the model results, the model went 3-1 and one last week. Seattle plus 4, under in New England, Miami, under in KC, Oakland. Uh, the wins there on the board. A closing line, they went 7-7, seven and seven, um, and the green plays are 1-0. and oh. uh, Nick, did you want to highlight in any more of those results there that uh, Daryl's jotted down for us? Oh, look, it's been, a, it's been a pretty good start for the model so far. We've had, had some decent profit. Um, been a, a couple of kind of iffy ones, but that's that's to be expected early in the season. Um, 
yeah. it's looking like a really promising season from the model. So, so yeah, look, really looking forward to it. Did start well last season, so it's good to see it's uh, staying true to form. Uh, I went three and, and, and college over. college football results have been very very good. Yeah, college football totals. I think the model is. Uh, I always am always checking the model right. on the yeah, totals. Yeah, lines lines this season too have been have been impressive. There we go. Good stuff. I actually went 3-0 and last week on my best bets. Dallas minus 4.5, Colts plus 3.5, and, and over in the Cincinnati-San Fran game, taking me to 5-2 and two on the year. Uh, Nick obviously getting his long shot up, but 1-2 uh, and two last week. Uh, but you went with some sort of larger prices in, on a couple of your best bets with some player props. I, I like to have a play around. I, I've been a bit disappointing with the player props so far. I've, I've gone close uh, a couple of times on, on those players, but um, yeah, haven't haven't had a win yet on the player props, but... He's he's looking for a big one this week. Yeah, and James, your money line parlay just just a small loss, but uh, you nearly got over the line even with a broken and uh, cast Cam Newton. Yeah, Panthers were really disappointing last week, weren't they? Um, on offense against Tampa, but hopefully they'll they'll get back this week with without Cam, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unfortunately, and we might parlay that into our biggest takeaways from week two. And my, my big takeaway is the NFC South is, is wide open. And I think that is part of that is, is Cam Newton's horrible performance and the way he's playing. Um, and now you've got Drew Brees, obviously, um, with his injury, um, leaving the Saints sort of stuck in the mud for, for six to eight weeks. And now you've got the Falcons and even the Bucks potentially could, could come through and win this division. It's, it's massively wide open, James. Yeah, Falcons are one of those teams kind of like Seattle or even the Patriots that have the infrastructure really in place since Thomas Demetra, the GM. And we, I think the first week loss to Minnesota threw us off the scent. But the def- defense is actually really good and really holding up. Um, top 10 DVOA team. I know Ryan's already thrown a handful of picks. But, yeah, that has opened up for them. I can definitely see a path for Atlanta now. Yeah, I think that it's just going to be one of those things. I think maybe it could be like nine and seven may may win the division this year. I, I expect yeah, two has... two teams from this division making the playoffs. But now with the way that that it's going, it's it's opened the door for for other teams to make the playoffs potentially. You know, you're getting two from the north in the Packers and Vikings, or or, or now you know one of the the teams in the, in the west with Seattle and and San Fran starting two and zero as well. So um, it it's just kind of shifted the NFC. Uh, wide open. Uh, James, before we get to Nick, you want to talk on uh, your biggest takeaway from week two? Just in terms of how many teams are seemingly already in tank mode, we could have, well, we'll definitely have, well, a, a zero and 16 team this year, but maybe a couple in terms of Miami Jets, Jacksonville are really struggling, um, Cincinnati, Washington, Denver as well. They're already in zip two and looking really bad. Um, so yeah, already teams in tank mode. Looking for that high pick. I think I, I honestly can only see the Dolphins or Jets going on too. I think I think Jacksonville, you know, Washington, Arizona, teams like that. I think they can get wins on the board. Jacksonville have, have been a little bit unlucky. Denver probably should have beaten the Bears last week. So you know, it's it's hard to come back from Owen too. But I definitely agree that there's there's some real big disparity in the NFL, and we we see that in the lines this week. With it feels yeah. like looking at a college football slate with some of these lines out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Nick, what's your major takeaway from week two before we get straight into week three? Yeah, uh, I was really intrigued by the uh, the Jalen Ramsey trade demand. I was watching that game and and seeing him go kind of helmet to head with uh, Doug Marone on the on the sideline was uh, interesting. Watching um, didn't surprise me when it came out kind of the next day that that he wanted to to get out. Um, 
and it's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up. I think there's a couple of teams that are that that might go hard um, at Jalen Ramsey, and that he could improve immediately and, and have some trade assets to to uh, have a crack at him. I was obviously being an Eagles fan, I was trying to think about what we could do. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty stacked at at corner. Um, Sidney Jones, Roddy McLeod, Russell yep. Douglas. But they're not but good players. You, no, you've got that's players, right. they're but they're, they're not they're, elite talent like Jalen Ramsey. They're average to good. Yep. And they, they some of them have potential to be really good, but that's all it is, and that's yep. all they've shown is is potential. Um, but, you know, Jalen Ramsey's next level elite. Yeah, and exactly. You bring someone like him in, and all of a sudden you take the argument away about who should start, who's your number one, who's your backup. Yeah, um, and, and it's not a it's not a depth roll anymore. It's you've got an elite starter there, and you can rotate you know, the other guys around him. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, one of those guys plus a plus a first could be enough to get it done, depending on what some other some of the other franchises offer. Yeah, look, I I see three teams realistically that should should or could trade for Jalen Ramsey. Philly is one of them, obviously, and we'll touch on that when we get to the Philly game. And James has mentioned some points about their secondary, so obviously that feels a massive. Need first of all, I think Seattle secondary. Um, now that they're two and zero, and looks like they could contend this this season, um, I think that really gets gets them, you know, another playmaker since they've lost Richard Sherman and some of the other guys they had there in the secondary. And the Chiefs, Chiefs pass defense is terrible. Um, Bashad Breland's been actually improved this year over last year. I thought he's played quite well, but I think Jalen Ramsey would give them um, a huge leg up and, and maybe give them a chance to take down the evil empire um, up in New England. So I think they're the three realistic teams to uh, to, ta- to trade for Jalen Ramsey, especially if he wants to go to a contender. Yeah, that's right. J- James and I were talking about this during the week, actually, when, when we kind of heard that news come through. And, and James kind of immediately said, God, imagine if, if the Chiefs got him. Yep. Um, and all of a sudden, that, that takes them from being a really, really good team to an incredibly scary prospect yeah. um, for anyone that, that they come up against because we know what they can do offensively. But adding someone like Jalen Ramsey... Uh, onto their defensive unit, just yep. you know, it, it just makes them um, almost unbeatable. Nothing, no one's unbeatable in the NFL. No that's, I say, yeah, that's what, a, what do I say? Almost, yeah, almost. You so, love, to, you love yeah. to pick me apart. Josh, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, I, I did say almost unbeatable, but yeah. I, I think that would be that would be incredible. Um, yeah, and then like you said, to, to be able to, yeah. You know, to take the power away from the Patriots would be yeah. nice. Yeah, any any reason to stop them getting. Jalen Ramsey would be great. Um, you mentioned almost oh. unbeatable. I think it's a good segue into week three. And before we get into the games, I just want to mention, so um, since 1984, there have been seven NFL favorites of 20 or more points, and each has failed to uh, to climb the mountain of chalk. This is from Jason Logan of Covers. So he's tweeted them all out. So we've had a uh, 2013 Denver minus 26.5, 2011 New England minus 20.5, 2007 New England minus 22, 2007 New England minus 20.5, 2007 New England minus 24, 1993 San Fran minus 24, 1987 San Fran minus 23.5. So they've all failed the cover. And so there's only been seven since 1994. Now we've got two in the same week, um, which is pretty pretty crazy, but we've never had a team quite like the Miami Dolphins and then now with the Jets being in third. So it is interesting to note, um, just given how crazy the NFL has been already um, as we head into week three. And to start us in week three, we've got the Tennessee Titans minus one and a half at Jacksonville. The total is 39 and a half. James, what have you uh, mentioned? Uh, what have you got for this game? I think as you touched on in preseason with Tennessee, they seem to be so up and down. I thought they looked fantastic in week one against Cleveland. 
going in there and really smashing them. And then last week led for most of the game, but it was always a vulnerable sort of three or four point lead all game. You could see Indianapolis coming back, which they did and which Tennessee blew at home. So this is a massive game already against, um, and Jacksonville. Uh, so it's a must win for both teams. Jacksonville don't want to go zip three and Tennessee can't fall into a one, two hole here. So I, I, my, I would think Tennessee can win this, but, and also Marcus Mariota watch as well. Like he really struggled. He's a check down king at the moment. I expected a lot more out of him this year. Um, so that's also something to watch on tomorrow, Thursday night football, uh, American time. Yeah. Nick, what have you got in this game? This, this is a really tough one. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about this as, as we kind of prep for, for the pod and, I'm almost going with a tie for this one. I just can't pick either way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pass on it. If any two teams could go for an after-overtime tie, it's the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll tell right. you that. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it, it's, for me, it's too tough to call in terms of which way to go. So I'm, I'm going to pass on it. But it, it's, it's going to be interesting watching. Okay. See, I'm with you guys. Like, I think this is going to be a close game. So while I always think it's a close, I just always lean to taking the team getting the points. Um, and I just think... Especially at home as well on a Thursday night football short short week, I always kind of lean towards the home team. I know that didn't work last week with Carolina. Um, you know, Thursday night football is always a goddamn mess. I always maybe just trying to avoid it at this point. But Jacksonville is six and two against the spread at home when they're an underdog of uh, one or two points. Jacksonville a uh, twenty eighth actually in in run DVOA, so it's going to be tough you know, to stop Derrick Henry. But, you know, they actually showed signs last week that they've improved um, and on defense, especially in the secondary, uh, limiting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But if they can slow down Derrick Henry, like Marcus Mariota, Mariota is, and, and whoever he's throwing to, Corey Davis or A.J. Brown, is not getting the better of Jalen Ramsey. If if Jalen Ramsey plays, by the way, and, and if he's going to be traded, he probably will be sitting out. And if he is sitting out, I will probably go away from taking the Jags. But... Um, I don't think the Jags are that bad. The Jags really should have beaten Houston last week. Like that, that two point play. Um, some think that that ball actually went over the line. I, I'm still a little bit on the fence. I got no idea, but um, I just think that they probably should have beaten um, the Texans on the road. Uh, now they're back home against the against the Titans. I think Jacksonville plus one plus one and a half is probably a bet. But I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning and just find out the ins and outs, especially around Jalen Ramsey, because I just think he's such a big deal and can help their defense a lot. Because if he can shadow one half of that field, it's going to help them, you know, stop the run. Yes, yeah, it's, it's also a really interesting um, perspective from a from a DFS perspective and, and player prop. Um, it, it's really tough to call kind of who's value in this game. Yep. Um, yeah, from, from someone who who plays DFS pretty regularly as you do, what would you tell? What would you say to the listeners in terms of looking at some some key players from this one? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It, it's it's hard. I think Derek Henry is probably your anchor for most of your lineups tomorrow, just given how bad the Jacksonville defense has been against the run. Um, just because you know they're really missing Telvin Smith in the middle of this year, and you know it's when was the last time they were twenty eighth in in rushing DVOA? Mm. It's it's been a long while. And then the with the Titans, I think just finding receivers to to be cheap and, and stack your lineups there, maybe go some contrarian options um, potentially, and then uh, for for the uh, for the Jaguars, then I think DJ Shark seems to have a connection um, with uh, Gardner Minshew, and I think he could be the play. I think the Fournette, big Fournette game's coming. I think he's been great. He's just he just hasn't got the opportunities yet. I think he he could have a breakout performance here. Um, I think yeah. one of those two backs. I, I think whoever has the better game out of Fournette and Derrick Henry might go a long way to winning this game tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think you, I think a lot of 
yeah, a lot of lineups will, will have Derek Henry in it for that that reason, and probably Leonard Fournette in it too, because yep. they're kind of the two big names. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you find that you know most lineups have one of them, if not both. Um, and trying to kind of yeah, I think in a roster around those two guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like in a in a single Delaney game Walker slate, you need to be different. Like there's going to be like stacks of people exactly. that have the exact same lineup tomorrow. Exactly. I think Delaney Walker's a good play. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of targets, but I think he'll also be. Yeah, probably 50% owned, if, if not more, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's move on. Atlanta at Indianapolis. Indy minus two. Totals 47. Uh, I think this line's about spot on. I'm keen to see the Colts here. Could easily be 2-0 and if they just had a decent kicker. Um, and they're sticking with Vinatieri. I don't know if that's the right call or not, but you know, I, I don't know who else is better out there. Um, he certainly can turn it around, but if he has one more bad game, I'd be give, I'd be getting the white sheet out and turning him into glue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. This could go anyway. I'm, I still don't know about Atlanta. Um, they got they they nearly blew that against Philly. They know how to blow a game. Um, but the Colts they're one and one after two road games. Um, could have easily been two and zero. They finally go back home here, um, and they've been pretty good at home. Um, but you know it's hard. I don't know who stops Julio Jones from the Colts. I mean, if Pierre Desir is out as well. Um, but they've had some some good play. But I'm going to leave this one and just uh, watch as a, a Colts fan. Line seems right. Line seems right to me. However, there's a query on Marlon Mack. Is that right, Josh? In terms of his calf going yeah, into this there's, game, there's a little bit. But man, the the uh, the star last week was Jordan Wilkins. They just they just rotated him in, and he had 82 yards on the ground and a big game clinching sort of 50 yard run. So obviously Mack gives a lot more into the passing game. But you know they have some decent they have some decent back. Yeah, I think the other thing with Marlon Mack, though, in terms of just the structure of what they want to do, he's yeah. run it 45 times this year, which leads yeah, the league. So, yeah, you you don't want to break that structure kind of thing. No. Yeah, it's it's hard. So you think if he's out, that just gives the Falcons that big, that too big of an edge? To, and... Just that small edge, yeah. But the yeah. line does seem right at the moment. And, I, yeah, touching on Atlanta before, I do like what they're doing long term, even though we might have all got freaked out in that first game against Minnesota because I think we all like them as well to cover. So, yep. When you get your fingers burnt, you kind of want to get turned off them. But yeah, exactly. they, they, they are a good franchise. Yeah. I mean, they, they should have won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They just mm. ran it. <laughs> De- definitely should have won that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I really like what the Colts have done so far without Andrew Luck. Um, they've they've really impressed me. Um, and I do like them at home. But I'm just I'm concerned with the inconsistently inconsistency um, in Atlanta. We, we've kind of seen two very different Falcons teams in the first couple of weeks, and and this this week is really for them a chance to prove what kind of team they're going to be this season. Um, obviously that doesn't really help us, yeah, in terms of which which way to go no. betting wise. But um, you know, I'll, I'll probably pass on this one. The, the Falcons are, are so talented, um, yeah. and I, I feel like they can't be as bad as they were in, in week one and parts of week two for for too long. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be picked off, um, you know, two or three times every week, but. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah, definitely. If if the Falcons want to win this division, these are the type of games that they need to win here um, on the road at the Colts um, without Andrew Luck. But we'll wait and see. Uh, the next game, probably the, the game of the week, Baltimore at Kansas City. Kansas City are, are seven-point favorites at home. The total is 54-and-a-half, although that line's down to six now, the Chiefs. Um, I just missed the boat, and I'm just kicking myself here. Um, and But the total is down to 52 um, so maybe this just this, the gods have sh- shined again. Um, I love the over here. Just points. You, you got Pat, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, two of the most electric flying quarterbacks in, in the league, playing against. You know, both these teams are much much better on offense than they are on defense at the moment, which you don't normally expect with Baltimore. But that's just the way they're structured at the moment. They're really banged up in the secondary. 
they've they've got Anthony Everett playing corner right now, and Mahomes is just going to pick on that all day. Um, I've I've often told myself I'm just going to take Patrick Mahomes against the spread until he kind of proves me wrong, and I did that last week. But if this gets back out to the flat seven, I'm going to take the Ravens. I have these two teams pretty even. I have it about sort of four and a half, five. But now that it's dipped under a, a, under a touchdown, I'll, I'll leave it. But now that it's 52, definitely taking the over um, here in this one. I, I like it. Yeah, let let there be points. I, I'm on the same. I, yep. I think over, especially at that 52 mark. I was already over at 54 and a half. Yeah, same. I um, I thought I bet that early because I thought I was going to go up, and now that it's gone down, I'm just like, oh no. Yeah, what, that's what, right. What, what am I missing? Is there a player out? But I can't really see anything. So, no, I haven't. I haven't noticed anything too serious. Yep. Um, I do think the Chiefs win, um, but I'm not sure about the the six. So I'll probably leave that one alone. But I definitely like the overs. And watching Pat Mahomes in week two. I think I've come to the conclusion that Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers in his prime, who wow. in my lifetime is the best quarterback I've seen. Yeah, which people scoff their nose at that, and it drives me wild because they just yeah. they just yeah. cite rings and things like that. But, I mean, how many rings would Rodgers have if he played with Bill Belichick in New England? It, yeah, it, exactly. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Pat Mahomes is, is special, man. Like, he is... He, Sound like John Gruden, like yeah, man, he's special. <laughs> but like, he—you he, just run out of things to say about the guy. Like the, the things that he can do with the ball, yeah. and the way that he can hit someone on the move, yeah, literally hit him in the hands or on the chest or yeah, it, wherever that ball needs to land, he'll land yeah. it, and it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, as a Colts fan, I'm so glad the Jags decided to pick Leonard Fournette over him um, in the draft. You know, well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think overs the play with these two quarterbacks. Lamar's great as well, but Mahomes like just an, just a special, special, special talent. Uh, James, what have you got in this one? I think the disappointment is that it's not on prime time. Like, yeah. It's not on the Sunday night or the Monday night Flex slot. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. The, the one small thing that does come up in the numbers in terms of as, as much as we love Baltimore and have been impressed with Baltimore and Josh, you were on in preseason yep. is there is a susceptibility that a big play, yep. they've given up 10 passing plays over 20 yards in the league, which is in the top five. And, Needless to say, that's not something you want to be doing against Patrick Mahomes. So. Yeah, I think that was just all Kyler Murray as well being kind of brilliant last week. But if that's going to be, well, if, that, if you're playing Mahomes, and that's going to be, it wasn't certainly wasn't Miami in the first week. So. Yeah, exactly. Like so, yeah. you know, you've got sort of Kyler Murray, who's like a poor man's Mahomes anyway, with that arm yeah. talent. Um, that that is a concern. But I think the way that they, Lamar used his legs last week, he can extend drives and kind of bleed out the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. Yeah. That could be a way that they could they could cover in this game. But um, yeah, I'm grabbing popcorn and just backing on points here. The more entertainment and the more uh, wins for us will do. Uh, moving on to uh, a more unexciting game: Cincinnati at Buffalo. Buffalo minus six at home here. Back at home after two straight wins at uh, Meadowlands. Uh, the totals 44. Look, I like Buffalo. I think they've been quite impressive. But I still want to see them beat a good quarterback before I take the minus six against anybody. Dalton's going to be the best quarterback they faced. And like, that's saying something. You know, like they've played Eli Manning and, and Sam Darnold who had mono. Um, so yeah, I'm just not convinced enough to take them at six points yet. Um, I really like the defense. I think they're legit. And Josh Allen's shown signs of improvement, but I just want to see them cover a spread like this before I kind of go chips in on, on Buffalo and think that they maybe possibly, as many think, could be a playoff team. Um, I do like the direction they are heading, though, but six just seems a bit too high for me. 
love the direction Buffalo are going in the ho- the whole franchise. I think we've spoken about, about yeah. them a couple of times yeah. in terms of how solid that defense is. It was number two DVOA last year. Kind of everybody forgot about that because yep. it's easy just to put, bu- put Buffalo to the side. But they are building something there that could possibly be playoff bound. But I really like that point, Josh, in terms of let's see them cover a line this big at home. This is the pressure's on. You know, betting wise, we want to see them do it, and this is a chance. And yeah. against a pretty ordinary Cincinnati team, who really let a lot of people down last week by getting smashed at home against San Francisco. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I, I really like Buffalo as well. I think kind of you've said everything that needs to be said about Cincinnati, really, um, except for maybe the fact that they're a, a terrible um, defensive unit against the, the rush. And and uh, you know, no no Singletary this week could be. Interesting for the Bills. Um, yep. Frank Gore, yeah, he, Singletary's been really efficient for a rookie. Yep. Uh, I think he's averaging 10 yards, 10 yards a run. Wow. Something, something like that. Something crazy. Um, while Frank Gore's getting majority of the carries, but he's, he's averaging like 2.5 yards a run. So. Yeah, 127 uh, on 10 carries for Singletary this year. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, good. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> and I think he's going to be a really good player, but, um, Frank Gore's going to get a lot of the ball and he's really inefficient, but he could be a sneaky DFS player as well at, at value. Just, on, on the, the bulk of touches, I, I think I, I really like the under 44 here. Um, their Buffalo defense is so much better than anything Cincinnati have to offer. Um, James actually wrote about John Ross. Um, he leads the, the league Bengals. in receiving yards, John Ross. Yeah. It's f- crazy. Yeah. <laughs> really interested to see what, uh, what James thinks about John Ross and, and kind of where this, where this has come from. Speed. Everything, everybody talked about John Ross was speed coming out of Washington and they took him so high as I think number seven or number eight in that draft. I can't remember what it was, Nick. You subbed the piece. Um, <laughs> and just an absolute burner, but you know, it's about 50 kilos uh, ringing wet. Yeah. And it's taken a while for him to sort of it, to work out now. AJ Brown, AJ Green out of the team. Yep. It's sizzling at the moment. 240 mm. odd yards or whatever. No one saw this coming. I don't know how sustainable it yeah. is. Yeah, well, Zach Taylor is scheming him open a lot, which is what, you know, it's crazy when you have someone like that, get him wide open. I just, I don't understand why they're, Marvin, uh, yeah. I can't even remember his name now. That's how uninspiring he is. Uh, last year just couldn't get the job done with that. And from a betting perspective, I think he's second or third favorite to win the receiving title, which some, is something I wouldn't be touching. Nah, fading, yeah. fading that all day. That's, that's, that's right. not going to hold up, especially when AJ Green gets back. Um, I do agree, inconvenient, true, Frank Gore. Uh, good DFS carry uh, this week. Uh, Bengals are 31st in rush DVOA defense. They're, they're Matt Breida, Raheem Mostart, Jeff Wilson ran all over them last week. Um, Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer, so... Get around that. Um, all right. Detroit at Philly. Philly minus six and a half. It's dipped under a touchdown now. 45 and a half is the total. Um, Detroit are a team I just can't get right against the spread. Um, Philly under a touchdown is very tempting, but with all the injuries they have, I just can't do it. Um, Lions plus seven was tempting me yesterday, but you know, they, they're undefeated. They're 0-1 and 1, but they're hella fraudulent. Like the, the Chargers had like three or four touchdowns taken away from them in that game. Two of them probably shouldn't have been, um, and then obviously they should have obviously beaten the Cardinals, but they completely botched that as a, as a head coach. So I'm not obviously inspired by Patricia in the second half. If I'm going to have a play, I think Philly are kind of notorious slow starters at the moment this season, so I'm going to go with uh, Detroit plus four in the first half as a play, a little first half wager, um, and then obviously we'll see what the second half provides. That, that's uh, probably not a bad call for you. I'm, I'm really concerned about this one. You know, we, we talked a lot preseason about the depth on the Eagles roster. Um, and that, that uh, I think is true until you get to a, a situation like this one where you just get a spate of injuries all at once. And 
We've seen uh, the Eagles lose Malik Jackson. Uh, Alshon Jeffries probably going to miss this week. Deshaun Jackson out for a couple of weeks. Tim Jernigan out for the season, I think. Maybe no Dallas got it. It's really, really put the Eagles under the pump. And um, you know, I read this morning when, when I got up that Doug Peterson cancelled practice mm-hmm. um, for the first time in, in years, opting for a walkthrough instead of instead of proper uh, padded practice, just because you know don't want to risk the guys um, at this t- stage of the week. Um, it, it's interesting that I don't think in the last three or four years we've said that really the only serious uh, you know offensive player on the, the roster in Carson Wentz is the only real healthy player. Um, so that's kind of the saving grace for the Eagles at the moment. But, um, yeah, look, I, I'm not going to touch this one at all. This um, this Philly secondary really chills me to the bone, and it chilled me last year as well. It, it, it undid them all last year. I think they gave up 64 plays of 20 more yards through the air, which was, you know, that's in Kansas City territory. Mm. Um, and this year it's the same thing. You know, game on the line, uh, Sunday Night Football against Atlanta, and yeah, Julio running down for a 50 50 yard catch down the sidelines. Mm. So it's, it's the kind of thing from a betting perspective, you never want to really be touching, you know, um, from a cupboard's perspective and from a futures perspective as well. It just makes me more solidified that Dallas are the way to go in that division uh, and taking out that big threat. Obviously, they're a brilliant organization led by Harry Roseman, but it's just that one Achilles heel. This is the one area which I really am not impressed with. Yeah. I, I can't stand leaky secondaries. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> well, the Eagles the Eagles are fourth last in net yards per play at the moment, which is pretty telling. Um, just the Bengals, Jets, and Dolphins are behind them, and that's just because yeah, of their secondary, just leaking yeah. too much yardage. It's 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 pretty crazy. But mm. um, yeah, it, it's hard. It's it, they need to get the ground game going. The, the, the Miles Sanders and 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 Jordan Howard they need to rely on the run and try and give their defense some rest, but. Tough matchup, but you know Philly. Like I think they win, but you know it wouldn't surprise me if Detroit get the outright upset. Um, just mm. Matt Stafford can pull those wins out of anywhere. We've seen it many a time. Um, all right, New York Jets at New England minus twenty two and a half. The New England Patriots forty three and a half. Uh, you know New England. They've had a really tough start to the year. Um, on the schedule. Um, with uh, you know home banner ceremony against uh. The Steelers and then the, the tanking Dolphins and now uh, Luke Falk led Jets. So, uh, you know, it's it's tough out there being a New England fan, I tell you. But um, yeah, I, I'm not touching this. I, I touched it. I touched it at the top of the show. A line that big, I, I'll I'll pass. I mean, it's tempting just given how bad the Jets are. But um, I'll uh, I'll mention my avenue on the, on these two these two games with a long spread in my long shots uh, section a little bit later on. But New England are six and zero straight up and against the spread over the last six games. Winning those games by an average of 22.8 points, and that includes a 38-3 to win over the Jets last December, and that was with Sam Darnold. So all signs point to New England winning and winning big against a division rival, but I can't touch a 22-point line. The the line is massive, and, and just to kind of go a step further from that that six and, and zip, the Pats are 14-3 and three head-to-head against the Jets going back to the 2010 AFC title game. Yep. And two of those three losses came after overtime. <laughs> Um, and the, that line is not unbeatable. Like, Patriots could very well do it, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't mind the over 43 and a half, but again, I'm not confident and I'm probably not going to touch it unless yeah. something changes, you know, closer to kickoff, but, um, this could be a massive win. The Jets on um, Monday Night Football against Cleveland was kind of <clears throat> R-rated viewing in terms of how awful they looked. <laughs> um, they really did. They looked so bad in terms of, and every play from a from a was just to Le'Veon Bell. It's just like Le'Veon catches, Le'Veon run this, just do this for us. 
which is just, it's, you know, a complete lack of sophistication from Gase, who's supposed to be one of the brightest defensive nah, minds in the league. He's not. He's just um, coattailed off Peyton Manning being the greatest quarterback ever of all time, and he's just, just rallied off, off Peyton just carrying he, him. He did do a great job one season with Jay Cutler in Chicago, and not many people did get it much out of Cutler. True. Um, but yeah, like it's the the reputation is far bigger than what he's actually produced as as a coach in the NFL. Um, and the other thing is, so we're putting that offense at the moment, whatever Jets are serving up against easily the best defense in the league. Yeah, from any any, any kind of metric you want to use for to that, three, they've allowed three points all season. Yeah, yeah. So it could get pretty ugly. Patriots, it's it's, it's monstrous at the moment. Yeah, I could see them. I could, as Nick said, I could. This could get up to any number, but at the same time, it's not the kind of number you want to be playing around with. No, exactly. Uh, before we move on, I just want to touch on Le'Veon Bell. There was a close-up of him sort of leaving the field, and you could see water in his. I just felt that guy's pain. I just felt that right there. I was like, this guy, like, he's just waited a whole year to to play, and and he was excited, and Donald and Gase, and then it was just. Yeah, I'm going to catch 37 Luke Falk passes for three yards yeah. and just get absolutely belted um, all and, and night on national that, television. You hear, that, you hear that when when Simeon went out of the game and Falk was named the kind of the starter, that Le'Veon Bell became the backup. For the yeah, rest of the backup game. quarterback. It's just <laughs> staggering. Like, really is. Um, poor Jets. It's it's rough. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. I can understand an offense and is struggling. I can understand injuries. But just that boneheaded nature of just giving it back, it's kind of, it's punishment and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lack of brains or care or even future foresight for the organization. They've invested a fair chunk in Le'Veon Bell yep. and to just throw into the wolves like that, throw it around, use, yeah. use Jamison Crowder if you want or, yeah. or, or anything, just something different yeah, exactly. than just hammering it up the middle in a lost cause. It would have been best just taking him off the field as well. <laughs> I, I agree. Just, just roll Trenton Cannon and Elijah Maguire out there. You're already done. Towels yep. in the rack, but. Oh, well, yeah. um, they're going to get hammered again, unfortunately. Uh, Oakland at Minnesota. Minnesota, eight-point favorites at home, 43-and-a-half. Man, Oakland struggled to move the ball last week against a shaky KC defense after their first couple of drives. That's, that's a little bit concerning. So I don't know how many points they have in them here um, against the Vikings defense. That's looked much, much improved. Um, I, I touched on it last week that Everson Griffin's back in, in great form, and Daniel Hunt is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Um but the Ravens' defense, they're fourth in rushing defense DVOA. Uh, Tahir Whitehead and, and uh, Vontae's Burfix are kind of turned back the clock and kind of having re- uh, renaissance years, um, and they're playing really well. So they've, they've been able to slow down the run. So if they can slow down this Dalvin Cook machine, um, I think this could be a, a chance for them to cover. I, I still don't tr- trust Kirk Cousins enough to take them over a touchdown against Oakland. Like, you're getting eight points here. Cousins is 5-26 and 26 versus teams with a winning record. I know Oakland don't have a winning record, but that's still a very concerning number if you're a Cousins um, fan or a Vikings fan. Um, I know the Vikings have been quite quite strong and brutal. We saw it in week one at home, but um, I think I'm leaning towards taking Oakland with the points here. Yeah, I, I was really strong on um, a kind of a comeback year from Kirk Cousins, and, and he's given me nothing so far in that, that preseason confidence. So I, I'm just, like you said, I, I don't trust him. Um, I, I'm leaning... Oakland at the eight. Um, I think that that line should probably be closer to six, um, honestly. And yep. I think so much of this game will come down to Dalvin Cook. And if he can, if he can eat up the yards like like he has been doing, then the, the Raiders won't be able to stop him. But they've been pretty good against the run so far, like like you mentioned. And, and so I, I think they can get close. Um, and just a, another one, I think Josh Jacobs 
a pretty good player prop for this one. I think um, yep. looking around a couple of markets, you can get him for around 80, 85 rushing yards um, between 250 and 3 bucks, which I think is pretty solid. Okay. There we go. Nice little player prop action. Uh, James, what have you got on this game? My take is the disappointment that we don't get to see Baltimore and KC in prime time is replaced with the relief of not seeing John Gruden in prime time. So <laughs> that's that's it's always a, a, a sort of a luxury not having to see him on the sidelines. But yeah, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, man! Tell you what, man! Uh, but the Vikings, I thought they were actually okay against Green Bay. They kind of hung in there. It looked like they could have got blown out earlier. Oh, that's again, some, that had some touchdowns called back against Diggs as well. That they had some, yeah. They, and then they missed a field goal. They could have won that game. And this is the thing: you pay again, coming back the sixty-six million dollar elephant in the room. You're paying sixty-six million dollars to Kirk Cousins to throw interceptions in the red zone when you're trying to put points on the board. That is just unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I just, They've done everything right. That's the thing. It's like they've, yeah. they've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's as a franchise and built this really, really good, good model. Yet they've overpaid Cousins so much. And I just, it's kind of the big what if of the league. Mm. They did not pay that to, you look at Case Keenum and we'll, we'll touch on Washington soon. Yeah. We'll he's putting, he's still putting up numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah was that? That's a, it was a crazy move. Way too much money. Not a terrible quarterback, but not at that money. And it's costing dearly. Yep. So you're taking Oakland. By the sounds of it, it's, a, it's an absolute pass for me. I wouldn't. I'm, okay. Gosh, I can't have any money on Oakland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we won't spend too long on this game to we'll speed up the clock here. Miami at Dallas. Dallas are twenty-one point favorites. The total is forty-seven. Um, I'll just say this from Football Outsiders: Miami are now officially the worst zero-two team in NFL history by DVOA. Um, they're not just bad on one side of the ball; they're all-around awful. They're, they they rank among the dozen worst teams ever through two games on both sides of the ball. Um, and then they even, they even went into a long spiel about how they took away the last interception from DVOA because of the last play of the game and it was <laughs> down 47-0. So they could have been even worse. Um, but even after saying all that, I just can't bring myself to take a, a minus 21 line in the NFL. Um, I'm going to take something else later. I hinted that before. We'll get to that a little bit later. What about you guys? Cowboys ninth last year in DVOA, defensive DVOA, and 20th this year. It's probably the one area they're not absolutely flying in from a defensive perspective. Yeah. And I think this week they kind of feast and get those numbers right up. Lots of sacks, lots of turnovers. Yep. And we see the reality is Dallas's defense is arguably better than the offense. So, And we get to see that really come out. And I'm sure that will arrive sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that I really like Dallas this season and that hurts me in, in right in the middle of my heart. Um, <laughs> and I can, I can see them winning this game by 30 or 40 points. Um, uh, but I'm still not going to touch it. I, the one thing I will touch, um, is this is going to be Zeke Elliott's breakout game for the season. Um, Cowboys are going to lead and lead early and Zeke is going to run often. Um, I like him at about 120, 125 rushing yards, about four to five bucks. Um, okay. I'm not going to touch it. And Nick does have um, Zeke in our fantasy <laughs> league, so <laughs> so he's picking with his heart uh, again. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention as well, Dak. I mentioned last week, a sneaky MVP kind of futures bet at around the twenty-six mark. He's into like seventeens, fifteens now. So um, hopefully, and some people took my advice there and, and got on that. Um, and I think this will only help his um, cause here in this game. Um, all right, Denver at Green Bay. Green Bay minus seven and a half at home. Total is forty-two and a half. We touched on it before. Green Bay, um, kind of lucky to be two and zero. They they kind of could have lost to the Vikings. They struggled for most of that game against the Bears. 
Um, this is an interesting one for me. Denver are dead last in the NFL after two weeks with just two QB hits. Two. Even Miami, who are actively number. trying to lose games, have five. <laughs> that That's staggering to me. You've, Vic Fangio has has Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis. You have two quarterback hits? That That is insane. Like, he's been bad, 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 bad. Um, but in saying all that, the Green Bay offense has looked pretty anemic as well. They're 23rd in DVOA. Like, so I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe Denver could keep this close. But then I'm also looking at the Green Bay defense now. They're third in DVOA. They're playing really well. This Darnell Savage guy that they, they drafted is straight up a savage. And, um, I, I like, I like Green Bay, but I'm going to pass here. I think they win, but it could be one of those low scoring slugfests. And when you've got a 42 total and a seven and a half point line, um, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid the, uh, avoid it altogether. I have to believe that, that Vic Vangio is going to turn this around at Denver. I, I, he has these, to. this, this is a unit that, you know, we were talking about as a top three defensive unit in the league. Um, and they've just been so absolutely awful wasted. so far. Um, it is, it's a complete waste of talent and, and they've been rubbish. Um, but on the other hand, I'm not sold on the Packers. Um, yep. and, and I really, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't want to touch it. Yep. Yeah, Denver, for me, are kind of just touching off the back of that uh, Kirk Cousins conversation in terms of you're giving that much money to Flacco. It's the wrong move from a franchise point of view, and it's one that really could cost John Elway as soon as this year as far as general manager. And then to, uh, I'm, I'm reluctant to sort of tear into Fangio because I did like the appointment philosophically, but it's not shaping out too well, and that was a massive risk as well by Elway. Just on the Packers, though, they're kind of like Atlanta in terms of, I love that concentrated rebuild on defense. I think they've pumped in about six or seven first round draft picks into that defense over the last five years. This is where I see teams like the Jets or really struggling franchises not making that kind of concerted effort to build up the defense with primo draft picks. Seattle as well as Cincinnati is an example who haven't done that despite being in troubled waters. So Green Bay this year, third overall in defensive DVOA, and look rock solid. They look great against Chicago. They look really good against Minnesota, who are trying yeah. to come back. Um, and I love that from a franchise point of view, and it's something that should hold them in good stead long term. Um, as far as this actual game is concerned, I don't see why they can't cover that line in as much as yeah, this defense pitted against Flacco, to me, is a disaster. Mm. Um, and I, uh, Green Bay money line and whether they can cover is... Yep. I wouldn't be touching Denver. Though. Yeah, and Garrett Bowles needs to stop uh, holding penalties. I think he leads the league now by a considerable margin. It just felt like every second drive he, he was having a penalty. Um, all right, New York Giants at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus 6.5. Total is 48. It's Denny Dimes time, baby. Denny Dimes. Let's go. No more Eli Manning, thank God. But um, how bad at Tampa Bay if they like nearly lost? Like They, they were inches away from losing to... Cam, uh, the, the corpse of Cam Newton last week. Um, so I'm not sold on Tampa Bay at all. I must admit, though, Todd Bowles, terrible head coach, great defensive coordinator. I mean, he's doing a hell of a job. The Bucks' defense is really, really well improved. I think they're, they're they're doing quite well in DVOA defense. I think they're in the top five in DVOA defense as well, which is pretty handy for them. Um, so that's kind of pushing me away from taking the plus because I kind of am tempted on the Giants here, but they scorned me last week. Um, so I'm probably going to go no-go here with the six-and-a-half line. Uh, Seven-and-a-half may tempt me, but I doubt it gets back there. 
when I was writing about Tampa this week, something that really stood out was defensive red zone efficiency. So they've stared down six entries from the opposition into the red zone this year and not conceded a single red zone touchdown. Wow. Last year, they were the worst team in the entire league, giving up touchdowns at about a 77% rate. So that's the Todd Bowles effect straight in. And credit there also with, with Bruce Arians. And I mean, he's made that appointment. He's rejigged that entire staff on all sides of the ball. Yep. Um, so for me, the take from this game against the Giants, though, is that, that something has to give. Either Tampa actually breaks out and does something from an offensive perspective, whether that's Winston, whether they get the running game going through Barber, or the Giants' defense actually steps up. This is a team that is just abysmal from a from a defensive point of view. They're giving up yeah. 6.5 yards per play and haven't produced a single turnover. Um, so that's something. So, so something's got to give. It might not be the most seductive game of the week. But something's going to have to give there. Yep, uh, I'm tempted by the Bucks at home um, with that line. I, I think, I think, like like you've both said, that they're really good defensively, and the Giants are terrible offensively. Um, what I am a bit confused about is is what will happen with uh, DJ in the in the offense. I, I just don't know what to expect from them um, because they've been mm. rubbish so far. But on the other hand, that is you know the Eli Manning effect. Um, so I'll, I'll be leaving it. It's it's a pass for me now, but it is possible that I get very tempted closer to kickoff and jump late at the Bucks. Uh, hopefully, DJ opens things up for Barkley because he's been great on the first drive, and then teams have just been stacking the box and saying, "Come on, beat beat me with Eli." So if Danny Jones can and make some big plays and some big throws down the field, they're going to have to take a man or two out of the box, and that's going to help Saquon. Um, I think that's the key there is trying to have a formidable pass offense that opens lanes for, for Saquon Barkley. And at the moment, Eli Manning just, just can't do that at the moment. Um, so that's probably going to be the key. Um, he doesn't even have to play that well. He just has to show, um, that he can produce a little bit and kind of tempt decent defenses to respect that a little bit more than they were Eli Manning. Um, all right. Carolina at Arizona minus two and a half. I'm not going to spend too much long in this game because Cam Newton's, uh, status is very much up in the air. Uh, leaning towards him not playing. Um, I, in, if that's the case, I, I liked it. Arizona actually were plus two and a half at the start of the week when they opened before the Cam Newton news kind of dropped. Now they're minus two and a half. Um, I'm probably just going to leave this game completely off the board until sort of Monday morning um, and then till I find out what's going on with Cam Newton. But um, Arizona at home is tempting. I want to see them finish drives with seven instead of three. That's the key here with Kyler Murray. They move the ball, but you've got to finish drives. But... Um, I'm going to leave this game and probably just not touch it at all from a betting, um, and and I'll, I'll I'll look at maybe some DFS plays with with Kyler and Larry Fitz. I think yeah, the Cam Newton fact is going to be huge, and it could also benefit them having a couple of weeks without Cam out of the team because I don't think they're in absolute destitution. I can see them reviving the season. The defense actually held up pretty well against Tampa. They should have probably had a couple more turnovers. I, I remember Keekley dropping one; it was right through his hands. Yep. Um. But then at the same time, uh, Kyler Murray has been an f- absolute sensation in the league this year. So a really tough game. And as you said, it's is it going to come down to Cam in or out, the two and a half? It's an absolute stay away for me. Yeah, when I was looking at this game early in the week, uh, I thought at Arizona at the plus two and a half, I might have a little play on uh, on Arizona to win straight up. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I don't, I don't trust the Panthers at all. We know that the Cardinals aren't, aren't a good franchise. They're not a good roster. Um, Kyler Murray is putting on a show, and I think he'll do it again this week. Um, James, you wrote about almost being a, a lock for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think there's not too many people who'd argue with that at, at the moment. 
um, if he if he can keep it up. But um, yeah, it's a tough one. I'll probably I'll probably pass on this one now, given that Arizona are favourites. You can get about two seventy five, two ninety, three dollars for Kyle Murray. Maybe that's the play this week. Just get on that before he um, gets his first win on the board against Arizona at home. Like, Mind you, guys, get guns to the head like though. Futures? Do you like futures bets, James? Would you Would you take that? <laughs> no, actually, I was going to say, gun to the head, I'd actually be backing Josh Jacobs in that market at 650. Okay. Just in terms of sheer volume of carries and the fact that Ugh. Oakland I can see breaking down as a franchise all around him. Running backs, he's already don't, holding. Matter. Running backs don't matter, though. So. <laughs> this is going to go on all year, this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. All good. Um, all right, let's move on for our weekly um, Nick, Nick versus uh, Josh battle here. Um, where the Texans are involved. Uh, Houston at the Chargers. Chargers minus three. 47 and a half is the line. I'm on the Chargers minus three. The Chargers are seventh in net yards per play. The Texans are 25th. The Chargers defense, obviously not the in- impenetrable force that it was last year, but um, I still think they do enough here, and, and I think that the Texans defense is probably arguably worse. Their pass secondary is not great. And their pass rush is really struggling. Struggling. Who would have thought taking Jadavian Clowney out of your lineup uh, would affect your pass rush? But uh, even with JJ Watt rushing, Houston, uh, they're where are they? They're ranked 22nd in the NFL in in, in QB hits, um, and definitely a burnable through the secondary. Um, I think the Chargers get the job done. They should have beaten the Lions comprehensively. They outgained them. Um, they outgained the Colts too um, in their win before. They're they're, they're playing well. They're, they're Racking up yards, they just got to finish drives. Hopefully, Michael Bagley plays because um, they've left left some points on the board with some missed kicks here um, with the Chargers special teams. I guess that's always a factor with them. But yeah, I'm on the Chargers minus three. Um, I'm still not buying whatever's brewing in Houston. Well, as as usual, as, as you said, I'm on the opposite side. Um, yeah. Uh, although not not by far, not by far to be honest. Yep. So I'm I'm really really worried about Deshaun Watson against this Chargers defense. Um, yep. I I really hope that uh, they're not carrying him off. On a stretcher or in an ambulance <laughs> at some point in this game, because that that is a legitimate worry if you're Deshaun Watson um, coming up against Joey Bosa and you know, Ingram and, and these guys. They, they are just mm. absolute beasts. And oh, yeah, I'm just worried. I'm worried. I, I think I think the Chargers win, um, but I might have a small play at, at Houston at the three. Um, I think it's probably a, a little high. It should probably be closer to one and a half, two. Um, but yeah, maybe a small play Houston at the line. Yeah, okay. James. The magic number for me is 14.5, and, and that's 14.5% of dropbacks that Deshaun Watson is ending up being sacked on. So that's 10 times as well. Compared with – so actually 10 sacks. Compared with Dallas, who are 1% sack rate and one sack on the season, it's just it's, – it's, it's a nightmare seeing this offensive line play. And, and it's depressing to see Deshaun Watson's health continually compromised. So – yeah, it actually is depressing. It's, it's negligence from a franchise point of view. Yeah, so. well, it's a, it's kind of similar to luck, and Cam Newton's kind of in that problem at the yep. moment with with Darrell exactly Williams at left situation. left tackle. Yeah, it's exactly it's, the same situation, yeah. and how they haven't learnt from that yeah. by now is beyond me. Yeah, exactly. They're like they're going to take advantage of it. They're now not not facing Andrew Luck, but they're going to do the exact same thing. It's it's mind boggling, really. Um, all right, Pittsburgh at San Fran. San Fran minus six and a half. The totals forty three and a half. Uh, Nick, run us through your thoughts on this one. Uh, well, the Steelers are just in disarray. Um, I, I'm not sure too many more things could go wrong for them. Um, and, and the 49ers are, are quietly being okay. Um, I, I don't mind. And we, we've spoken a bit about the 49ers offense and, um, uh, Jimmy G and, and a, a few of those guys over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I like the Niners here and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably take them with the points, uh, minus six and a half. 
one of the, the interesting things that I read is the Steelers under Mike Tomlin are one and five when they play on the West Coast. And that one win was when they had Mike Vick as the backup under center. Um, <laughs> their, their offense is, is rubbish for want of a better word. And we were expecting some big things from them with, with Connor and Smith Schuster and, and those guys, but without Big Ben, who knows how they're going to play with, with Rudolph. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Steelers. So, so one of the big things with, you know, in, in world sport is from a franchise or in business as well is know who you are, know what you stand for, know where you're going. I don't know what Pittsburgh are doing giving up a number one pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Do they think they're on the cusp of contention? Cause they're going to find themselves, you know, in, in a long rebuild. There's a lot of things that have changed in that franchise and then they're not the team who should be giving up first round picks at this stage of the year. Um, from this point, from this game point of view, kind of like what Shanahan's been doing all season for San Francisco. I got them wrong. I had them really struggling. I was back, back, uh, backing there under eight and a half win total at the start of the year. That kind of already looks like it might be in a bit of trouble. Just the adaptability of him as well. He's not just a quarterback guru. He does like the run game as well, Josh. He's put that in in recent weeks as well, down to his 20th string running back. So. San Francisco, um, I'd say money line and yeah, potential to cover that as well. Yeah, it's kind of a hard one. I, I agree with you. Shanahan has been crazy. Like he, that was an amazing game by him last week. He schemed so many of those guys open. It was, it was a really good game call by Shanahan. Uh, the Steelers are a mess, but it just feels like a dangerous trap game for the 49ers. Like everything's looking great. They're 2 0. Jimmy G and Shanahan are on the same page, off to a great start. Now you get to play the Steelers without Big Ben and Mason Rudolph. But I didn't think Mason Rudolph played that badly when he stepped in, actually. I thought he, he did a pretty good job and, and moved the offense. He's been in there for a little while. Um, and Big Ben now apparently wants to help out and become like an assistant coach after, you know, all those stories of him last year where he d- didn't want to help him at all because um, he was so insecure <laughs> about his spot. Uh, he's such a strange human, Big Ben, and he yeah. he always makes you well aware that he's injured. Like he, It's always center of attention type thing. Um, so, look, I want to see how Rudolph goes. That, in, that interception by him was clearly not on him. That was Moncrief, um, who probably will be inactive, I think, in this game. I think they'll go in a different direction here. But, yeah, San Fran are three overall in DVOA right now. They're playing really well, but no Joe Staley hurts them. So I'm going to pass. I think that left tackle is a, a real issue. Um, and the Steelers now have Minka Fitzpatrick in their lineup as well, the, the versatile defensive back. They have a solid defense filled with players, but they haven't performed. Um, they're trying new things. Maybe it'll click this game, and, and they could get the job done and, and grind out a, a cover, but I'm going to pass on that one. Um, all right, New Orleans at Seattle. This is another game where, who man, who knows? No Drew Brees for the Saints. Seattle off to a great start. After a, a kind of a, a weird week one, but James touched on this where they're kind of just one of those teams where September they take things easy and, and just get, get wins on the board and then they start to fire as the season goes on. Um, who knows what the Saints are going to, going to cook up here, but I'm kind of leaning Seattle minus four at home. New, New Orleans defense, they rank dead last in rushing DVOA and they face, face the most run heavy team in the NFL. So I think that's a matchup that Seattle will, exploit and take advantage of, although I do expect Sean Payton to, to coach up a pretty, pretty good game and maybe keep things interesting for a while, but four points isn't isn't too much. Seattle are one of those handful of teams in the competition that I just really trust and at every level of the organization. Um, and I've, I still like them from a futures perspective as well. I think there's a 15 hanging out there that they can win the NFC, so you can sort of you know hedge your book there if you've got Dallas in there as well, or even if you want to play Rams, it's something you can work around when you've got a price like that. Um, 
the other thing that's sort of slowly emerging as well from an offensive perspective is Will Disley as well uh, at, at the tight end position. Six catches on seven targets this year. Just that middle middle range for Russell Wilson to play with. He's got Chris Carson in the backfield. He's got the big threats in Lockett and DJ Metcalf going you know downfield. Needs something in the middle, and and that's kind of emerging. And it's something I'm I wanted a tight end in Seattle, and it's, that's that's coming that's coming along. So. Yeah, I think Seattle can win this game as well. Sounds like a made-up name, Will Disley. It's not. Really <laughs> but anyway, James, any thoughts? Nick. Uh, sorry, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, this, this is a tough one. Um, I'm not going to touch it. I am intrigued by the quarterback situation in, in New Orleans. Um, I heard Peyton come out and say that they're, they're kind of going with a, a two-QB quarterback um, guy by committee system. approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I think it's kind of... Teddy Bridgewater time, I think it has to be. Um, but you know, you, you never know that, like you said, Sean Payton is a really good coach. Um, and he, and he can do some strange things that often come off. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it with interest, but, uh, no, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. Um, and that, it, it is a strange approach, um, by him with the quarterback by committee approach. So I want to, I want to see how that works, whether they alternating plays or drives or, or what, or have them on the field at the same time. I'm sure that will happen. But yeah, it's gonna. Well, he'll, it did he'll, happen with Drew Brees. It did happen with Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cook up some hill on, on the field at the same time. Yeah, he's so. kind of the jack of all trades. Um, by the way, I thought I would call you guys the wrong names well and truly before week three. So, um, anyone that had the over, well done. Um, all right, uh, LA minus three at Cleveland. Total is forty nine and a half. Uh, this is one of my favorite plays of the week. I like the Rams minus three here. Um, I know Goff and and Gurley haven't been great, but they've been winning games still and. Think this is the time where they start to click it into gear. Um, I'm really worried about the Browns' offensive line, and I feel like this number is um, going to go up and up because uh, you know the Browns like got overrated how like because they won in prime time and they played against Luke Falk like please. Um, and the the Jets racked up like four QB sacks and they've got no they got no pass rush compared to the Rams like they have no outside edge rushes. Um, I think Hubbard's out for the Browns when they're starting left tackle. Um, he's out. Um, David Njoku is going to be out as well. It looks like he's got a uh, broken, uh, broken wrist. So yeah, I, I just think who's going to block Dante Fowler? I think um, Aaron Donald will, will get his double teams inside, and then Dante Fowler is going to be a guy that's going to feast and and just sack Mayfield a whole heap. And I don't trust Freddie Kitchens. Why is Mayfield in the game here? Up twenty three three, taking QB hits um, in the last drive of the game. It's just madness from him. So um, the Rams, they're top ten. In adjusted sack rate against the one of the worst O lines in the league, I'm taking the Rams minus three on the road. The Browns can double or triple team Aaron Donald, and it won't matter. Um, the Rams are too good in every single position on the field, and this this minus three is a bargain in my eyes, and I think that should be probably closer to six or eight um, if, if we're fair. I think you're you're 100 right on pretty much everything you've just said, and, and I'm not sure how much I can add to it, but I'll, I'll be <laughs> taking that three all day. <laughs> So I might actually be the contrarian here, Ooh, guys, I like and it. think Browns are an actual chance here. This is this is their moment in the spotlight. Uh, Rams, as you as you touch on, Josh, haven't set the world on fire. Goff's not in phenomenal form. Gurley hasn't got going so far, and the offensive line is actually looking a little bit vulnerable and a little bit shaky. They're going to be matched up against Miles Garrett, who has already registered um, five sacks on the season, seven yep. quarterback hits. Yep. I know he's a, he's a bit of a one man force at the yep. moment. But but still, like it, all it takes is you know a, a couple of big sacks, shakes up golf, gets them out of their rhythm. Yeah, I think they're a chance here. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. 
I love the Rams long term, but I'm not. I haven't been in love with what they're doing so far. Aaron Donald hasn't done anything so far this season. He, he so. did get injured last week. Um, unfortunately, that let him out of the game for a while. Yeah, he hasn't racked up, you know, too many sacks. But he's you know eating up double teams, triple teams, which is allowing Dante Fowler to have you know a career year so far. And he did break Drew Brees' thumb. Yeah, so exactly. That's, so that's, that's something. That's, that's yeah, something. He just knocked yeah, out the major rival in the NFC. So, I mean, like, everybody's sending him a paycheck yeah, the rest of the NFC. TKO. I mean, what more can you want? But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I hope Miles Garrett has a great game. I got him at 15s to lead the league in sacks, and he's doing that right now. Let's just wrap the season up now. Um, give me my, give me my uh, 15 to 1 winnings here. And let's move on. Um, we don't need to play the Super Bowl. We all know the Pats are going to win that. Let's just let's just get, <laughs> this is it. Let's just get to draft season. Um, all right, let's move on. The last game of the week, an absolute barn burner here for Monday Night Football. Um, Chicago minus four at Washington. Total is forty-one and a half. Um, give me the skins. I'm on the skins, baby. Plus four. Um, I like them. I, I'm just. I am over the Bears already. I'm sick of watching Trubisky. He had at one point. 22 passes for 92 yards before the last, for the last drive where they got incredibly lucky on a terrible rough in the passer core and some very suspect uh, clockwork. Um, so, you know, they shouldn't be getting more than a field goal against anyone not named Miami at this point. Um, I think they've got, they've scored one touchdown in two weeks. Um, Keenum's been actually decent and I know you're going to touch on this in a sec, James, but the Broncos and Vikings have both moved on from Case Keenum and arguably gotten worse at the quarterback position because they've just been impatient with Case Keenum. If you actually look at his numbers in terms of touchdowns, yards, yards per attempt, and you remove the names and put them above Tom Brady's, they're the same quarterback this season. Yeah. Keenum and Brady, just purely on numbers. Um, it's pretty crazy. The, the Keenum's been decent. Um, I think... I think they can win this game outright. Um, uh, the Chicago 0 and 5 against the spread in their last five games against the Skins and Washington are 7 and 1 straight up in their last home games, um, against Chicago. So I'm taking the Skins here. I think they win an upset in prime time. I'm just bamboozled by the fact that the Washington are actually ranked top five for offensive DVOA yeah. <laughs> behind Keenum. And whether the Keenum issue, you will see this again in multiple sports, he doesn't look like a star athlete, doesn't he? Kind of, he's got a bit of a hunchback way about him, he's a bit of yeah. an Oshox personality, but he gets it done. And he's also quite mobile as well. And it seems like a bit of a team leader can drive teams back. You know, you know, he drove back Washington against Philly and got that cover in that week one game and, 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 and had the Washington Redskins hanging with Dallas last week. Yep. Um, and as you said, I think it was Warren Sharp had pointed out somewhere that that Trubisky performance in Chicago, <laughs> you never win games with those numbers. He threw yeah. for 120 yards, oh, which I think that happens sort of like once or twice a decade that your team can win with that kind of production at quarterback. It's a massive concern for Chicago. And if you were a Chicago fan, that would be an incredibly depressing reality to be living in, that you've got this defense playing this good for a second consecutive year and getting nothing out of your quarterback. Ooh, you took at number two overall in the draft. Uh, so it's, that's that's tough. That's tough. But it's all the kicker's fault. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the kicker's fault. <laughs> I, I'm incredibly excited by this elite primetime matchup. <laughs> <laughs> The only way to make it interesting is to gamble on it. Well, that's what I think, and I think we're all in unison here. I think so. I think we are, and this might be our lock of the week because uh, yeah. I also like I like Washington. Let's lock it down, baby. You take the the underdog at home. Um, both teams are not great. Um, let, let's be honest. Washington are, are not great. The Bears are not great. Um, there's not a whole lot to watch in this game except for that, and, and I think that the the skins can cover can cover this well. Yeah, I I I just. 
and by the way, like Washington top five in offensive DVA with no legitimate stars. Like absolutely, they're they're rolling out seventy five year old, much in debt Adrian Peterson. They're they're rolling out a guy called Trey Quinn, um, and then Terry McLaurin. Like he's been killing it. By the way, there's a rookie of the year, Smokey, um, just quietly. Um, he's been killing it. Like. They're playing with, you know, obviously the Bears' defense is tough, but, I mean, four points when Chicago aren't moving the ball at all. Um, this is a Washington defense that is pretty pretty okay. I think they can give Trubisky some fits. But shall we lock it down? I can't believe Washington plus four yeah. here in week three is going to be our lock of the week. But I think uh, given uh, James's contrarianism on the Rams, I think that's the way that we go here. I think it has to be. Yeah. It feels terrible being an anti-Rams person because I really do love McVay and I love that team. Yeah. So. Otherwise, we could go over 52 in Baltimore, Kansas City. I don't know if uh, James is in bo- on board on that one, though. I'm not a huge under and overs, guys, but you yeah. guys okay. knock no, no, yourselves out. Now, let's do this. Washington <laughs> Washington plus four is our lock of the week. Um, let's run through our best bets real quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll let James go and we'll get uh, Dr. Daryl Data on the line. All right, my best bets this week are the Chargers minus three, the Rams minus three, and the Redskins plus four. Here's my long shot. Jets to score zero points at 850, and Miami to score zero points at $11. Um, I think one of those two happens. I mean, I'm just I'm just calling it right now. Someone's scoring zero points this week. I like it. So I like it. Like it. 850 and $11? You kidding me? Oh, give me that. The worst DVOA team in history? Come on. Let's let's go. Um, so they're my, they're my players this week. Nick, what have, what have you got? Uh, like you, I've got Rams minus three. I've got Bengals and Bills under 44. And uh, as I said earlier, I think Josh Jacobs, 80-plus rushing yards at about two bucks. Yep. Um, you can go a bit higher and get 85 or 90 for about three to four dollars. Yep. Um, and uh, another one that I mentioned earlier, Zeke Elliott, 120, 125 rushing yards plus at about four. Um, I think he's very solid. Okay. Uh, best bets. James, what have we got? Keep um keep backing your Dallas Cowboy futures bets. I think they're into six fifty, which is for the NFC, which is still value. I mean, or ten or so last week and thirteen before that. Um, they're, also, they're also fourth favorite in the uh, Stats Insider NFL futures projections for the Super Bowl. Oh That's wow, interesting. Yeah. that is interesting. They've, they've come up from about eight to fourth in, in a couple of weeks. Okay, I well, imagine it's it's the Pats, KC, and the Rams in front of them. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Also, Cowboys, a flip of the coin to win the NFC East, which I don't think is terrible value either. In fact, I think that's quite good considering the state of Philly at the moment. Um, something else I like is, yeah, Philadelphia, uh, sorry, Atlanta Falcons to win the NFC South. There was a four floating around just before we got the news on severity of Breeze's thumb. That's into 320 now. I still think that's value. Um, and something small as well is Dalvin Cook for the rushing title. I know Josh doesn't believe in rushing running backs, but Dalvin Cook is a special one. And I think you might, not about... believe, you might not believe in running backs, but someone's still got to win the rushing title, right? So it's there. It's there. Someone's got to win it. But and, he, and he's and he's eight dollars, so that's definitely value. Don't mind. Yep, you've got some uh, some support behind you as well, James. From what I can hear, uh, the family just just cheering. Running backs don't matter there in the back. Uh, running backs yeah, do matter in the yeah, background. Yeah, there. everybody heard Mo on the podcast for the first time, and that was me <laughs> running down the corridor to get away. <laughs> and what's your long shot? Five dollars for for the to be an Owen sixteen team is, I think, some some value there. And I think there's a ten still floating out if you shop around okay. for Miami to be zipping sixteen. So they're obviously the most likely. They they have to be that. Because Donald's coming back and they'll they'll get a win. They've got to play the Dolphins. So 
They're going to play each other. Someone's going to pillage a win off each other. Good, uh, good point. Yeah, good yeah. point. And schedule this plays such a huge. I wonder if we could. Futures, I wonder if we could bet uh, on two teams being o fifteen and one. Um, just the Jets <laughs> and Dolphins to, to get the draw. Um, yeah, there you go. That might some be bookie it. will take it. Some yeah, bookie will. I'm sure they will. Uh, all right, James. Great work. Love your work. Love the future stuff. It's great. It kind of mixes in with James and I's, uh, uh, Nick's and I's weekly. I've done that twice now. Weekly oh, bets. Um, so uh, appreciate that. Have a good week, and uh, we'll, we'll chat next week. All right, we're back here with Nick, and we're joined by Daryl Data. Daryl, how are we? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're excited. Week three is massive. Oh, we've had a big chat. This is a this is a long pod. Uh, but there was a lot to talk about, a lot of QB injuries and trades and all sorts of stuff going on. So it's pretty exciting times in the NFL. But, uh, you know, you only see things in figures, Daryl, um, and, <laughs> and, and profits with a Z at the Green end. Green and orange. Yeah. Gr- <laughs> Green and orange smileys and shades and no shades. Um, so. Too many sports. Yeah, exactly. How, how are the results been the first couple of weeks in the NFL? And, and, uh, Nick touched on it at the start of the show is college football as well. Yes, we went through the results earlier today for the season so far. So NFL, six bets uh, on the money lines, only two of those winners, so down slightly there. Uh, three and one on lines, 12% profit on, uh, profit on turnover. Yep. And six and one on totals, uh, 63% profit on turnover. So better on totals, which is a pretty common story for the SI models. Yep. Um, and that's, yeah, it's a similar story in college, um, 31 and 16 on totals. Um, 32% profit, 26 and 10 against the spread, 36% profit on turnover, and losing slightly on money lines, uh, six wins from 15 bets. Yep. But with the money line, you, most of your lanes are always going to be the big underdog. So even if you, yep. like, uh, losing, it only takes one, you know, one or two to really bump up the profit margin if you get a sort of like a, like say Kansas last week winning as a 22 point underdog. Uh, I think they were like six or seven dollars to win a game. You know that that kind of helps the uh, the, the the margin and the and the percentage, the win percentage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably only one of those winners away from being in profit. So yep. you expect it this time of the season. Yeah, exactly. So let's look ahead to week three now. Um, what's the model like this week? And uh, we've got some massive lines. It feels like looking at a college football slate when you've got two. 21, uh, two 20 plus point favorites, but I know last week that the model likes kind of taking the plus and the under. Is it the same story again in these two games? Uh, yeah, we have that again in the, um, what is it, the Jets game? Um, Jets plus 23, um, and leaning towards the under there. Yep. Um, didn't make my top three, um, which is partly for the reason you just said. It's unusual for the NFL to be this, um, uneven, I guess. So, the model tends to struggle with unusually bad teams. Um, Gold Coast and Carlton in the AFL are prime examples. Yep. So a little bit of hesitancy around there, but yeah, that's an orange bet at the moment. Um, in terms of the top three, um, Miami Dallas does make it. Um, so under 47 there is a green selection at the moment. Um, and then we also like the plus 21 and a half. I think it was when I looked earlier. Um, but that's a much lower edge, so at least double the total versus the side. Um, yeah, I'll decide on the side later. I've taken the under. Okay. Um, the other green bets we have at the moment, so New Orleans plus four it was this morning. Um, yeah, it's that one. And Washington plus four, also green oh, selection. That's our lock of the week. So uh, the model's on board. That's, a, that's, that's even better. 
It wasn't a good sign last year, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, who knows? This is this is a different pod now. This is it's only one Josh on board, so you know, it's a different operation now. So, um, well, just for this year anyway. But yeah, Washington plus four, I love it. Um, uh, anything more Washington related? We'd, I guess, if on the money line perspective, if you can get them, they're kind of two eighty five, two ninety ish. Um, it's a value bet at the moment. It's also an orange one, so that would be probably the closest I get to a money line long shot that yeah. isn't ridiculously long odds. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going conspiracy theory on the Dolphins this week. So um, yeah, I do think <laughs> of the money line teams, I think Washington at two. Two two eighty five, as you said, is probably a play, and I don't mind. Um, I know Nick's going to hate me for saying this, but maybe the Lions potentially um, around like three forty, three fifty mark against the Eagles. If you can get that out there, I think that's kind of seems a little bit high, just given the injuries that the Eagles have. Like, I wouldn't completely shock you to see the Lions uh, get get the win there. No, I don't, I don't hate you for that. I I don't like it, but I don't hate you for it. I completely understand, and uh, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm very concerned about the Eagles at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that I'll I'll be touching from a betting perspective, but uh, <laughs> so it's a worry. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up the show for week three. A very long show. Thank you if you're still listening and paying attention. I think it's good to wait till the end anyway because the models, best bets, they went very well last week. So uh, I think stick around to the end to hear the models picks. Um, it's well worth your your time and for your wallet as well. Um, all right. That wraps things up. Uh, Daryl, thanks for joining us. No worries. Yeah. Good to speak to you guys. And Nick, thanks for joining us as well. Speak soon. Yeah, and you can catch all those guys on uh, Twitter at Stats Insider. You can catch me on Twitter at JYNFL. And please uh, head to statsinsider.com.au to check out all the models picks for college football, NFL, plenty of articles from uh, from James and Nick and, and the podcast as well. And uh, keep those iTunes uh, reviews coming.